0: What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Blockbytes Daily Show. We have one heck of an episode coming up for you today. It is Defi Tuesday. We're going to break down Bitcoin, some market watch. We are going to break down Bond Protocol, figure out what that is. What's the deal with Pulse Chain, and what has Vitalik spooked about ETH restaking? We're going to go through all that and more. Stick around, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Mikey, bring us in.
1: what's happening yo, what's up, dog yo Let's, what's up man what's going on so Wally was in here admiring my INTG stare INTJ stare uh familiar?
0: I, I love the uh the hex background perfectly fitting for for today my friend Where is that uh did you find that on their website where'd you get that
1: I found this in my garage playboy this is my Lambo my hex.com <laughs> Lambo. I got this by buying so many hex coins and then selling them at the top
0: nice that's, yeah, uh about that. That's the dream, my friend. Uh, I think uh, when we look at the bubbles, I think HEX is the only thing down today. But, um, but no, it's uh, it's DeFi Tuesday, <laughs> Charles. Me. Welcome, my friend. Oh, hold Charles, on. Are you there,
1: man? Oh, he's muted, dude. There he you is. Know,
2: I had to. I think I'm having a problem with my mic. My audio might be not that good, so I apologize. Um, but <laughs> yeah, my mobile. mic like right before i gave everybody a heart attack because i was like <laughs> waited until the last second oh, wow. so
0: <laughs> all good it's
2: man it isn't me I'm sorry
0: it's been one of those days my camp my actual is not working i slammed my fingernail in the shower in between the glass thing and it's Ooh. like absolutely killing me it's probably gonna fall off but hey what are you gonna do it's Defi tuesday it's always a good day and uh i think we're good to jump in my friend so that's
1: right let's chase that paper clay let's
0: chase the paper so Taking a look at uh, a little bit of market overview. So May, been a pretty good day today. It's, uh actually looks like I saw that Hex was down, but it looks like it might have come back. I don't know. It was uh, Pulse Chain that was down, but it looks like it's uh, rebounded a bit. So decent day, uh, pretty good move on Bitcoin. I think we've seen like a 2% move. Um, and you know the month overall still looks quite ugly unless <laughs> you are in Pepe. Uh, but May has been... Kava's
1: looking nice. What's up?
0: Yeah, Kava's, Kava's looking good
1: yeah kava dude kava's a, another anomaly anomaly to me
0: yeah i mean we're going to talk anomaly. about some of the, the the you know the top 10 chains uh kava obviously sitting a bit outside of the top 10 but uh has seemingly had a good month but it's been you know it's been a rough month i think for may in general uh the debt ceiling situation is not making things any easier and i like i was pretty confident they were going to get this resolved but Um, we'll talk about that more in a second, but I'm not, you know, I haven't been feeling as confident after, uh, after the speech that Biden gave at the G seven and just some of the, uh, impasses that we're seeing from a, you know, a split house and, uh, and Senate and, and white house. So we'll see what happens. But, um, Corval, you were talking about lower timeframes on Bitcoin. And so, uh, went in and looked at the four hour, uh, for what we've seen over the last 10 days. And you can see that we. You know, effectively we had uh
1: a switch tabs what's up can you switch tabs are you looking at something different
0: oh um, yeah hold on whoops boom
1: lower time frames on bitcoin means
0: like four, four hours, hours daily. daily you were you're asking me like why do yeah. we look at the uh like the daily and could we do something else and so obviously you you certainly can so I uh you know went back on on bitcoin here and you know what we saw around the the 12th starting to form um was basically a, a confirmed bullish divergence on the rsi and so if you, you know if you look here we basically made where the little smiley face is uh mm-hmm. you know we basically made um uh you know a lower low uh on price but a, but a higher low on all on rsi and so that was you know that effectively is a, a confirmed bullish divergence for our so you you know it it was indicating that we were going to start coming back up and if you look right here where this uh symmetrical triangle begins we saw about a seven percent drop from the top of the triangle to uh you know where this spectral triangle you know on the neckline started And so if we take that and uh you know move it over so we broke out of the symmetrical triangle obviously as you can see right here we move this over uh there's a pretty good shot that you know if we can continue this upward momentum um, that, you know, if we, if we take that 7% gain back, we'd get somewhere up in the 28.7, 28.8 range. And I think that's realistic for, uh, for the short term right now. Mm-hmm. Um, RSI is at like 62. Once we hit like 70, 75, things to start, you know, people start selling off generally. Um, but I think if we can continue the strength on the four hour, then, uh, the, you know, that, that a move to 28.7, 20, 28.8 is potentially on the table here um and so that's kind of what i'll be you know be looking for over the coming you know day and a half um and so jumping back over to the bigger time frame you know the longer time frame that we've been watching this entire time uh and I'll get rid of this so is the is the head and shoulders that we've been following this whole time off the table um and i would say that it's not because if you look at this neckline from what we've been watching for weeks now um Let's throw this back in here. You can see that we're still back now battling the neckline. So we actually we took you know we re, re, regained this uh, triangle we've been watching for weeks, um, and we have fallen back outside of it. And so that's kind of the the, lo- the larger time frame battle that I think is still ongoing. If we re- if we can regain it, I think we end up back at the top of the triangle. Like I said, twenty twenty eight six, twenty eight seven, twenty eight eight, and so that's sort of the you know. So I think this is still in play. In terms of the head and shoulders coming back down and retesting, you know, twenty five two, you know, anywhere in this range, all the way down to twenty k. Uh, but in the short term, I think that we probably head up. Um, that's that is what I'm calling for now. Uh, and my biggest concern is the debt ceiling. And I think it's it's kind of crazy though because effectively the S and P is like I don't give a shit. Like we're we're at a high in terms of basis points for the S and P that we've been at for the month. Mm-hmm a high uh, almost a high for the five day and and we're moving up today and we're down a bit but like it's like it's just kind of crazy that uh we see this sort of strength in the stock market and and risk on assets when we have this situation that is absolutely looming for the US Biden has no good options in the debt ceiling fight uh you know effectively it's not a it's you know it's a partisan issue um he was talking about invoking the 14th Amendment where he can just you know effectively uh, you know, have the government not have to pass anything and the president just uses uh, a unilateral executive order uh, through the 14th Amendment to like keep the keep the government spending going. I don't think that's actually going to happen. Uh, what? Yeah, I swear. Here you go.
1: Invoking the 14th, the 14th Amendment. Amendment just allows them to just what? So Biden has <laughs> repeatedly said he's rights? considering invoking citizenship the- rights. The 14th one that allows uh, freed the slaves.
0: Uh, it says the post war amendment says the public debt shall not be questioned. Proponents, including some progressives say Biden could point to that clause and argue that the law settling uh, oh. a debt limit is un- unconstitutional and then keep borrowing money to fund the government. Um, and so Yellen said that this is legally questionable. Like basically he would, get, he would get sued if he tries to do this. And so, you know, the white house would get sued. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but to me, this is, this is the biggest. Um, and this is the biggest issue that we have going. Obviously, this is where all eyes are, and I think that if we don't strike a deal, then there's a very good, very good chance that that head and shoulders completes the downside. But in the short term, I, I think there's a there's a, enough momentum and strength to see, you know, potential twenty eight k in Bitcoin.
1: Hmm. John Stepp says you heard it a lot here, of words folks. here. Who? What? Wait, can uh, you hear me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: I was like, yeah, <laughs> he just kept going. I was like. Um yeah, folks, if the if the US defaults, let's all sue Biden for being unconstitutional. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we should sue him, dude. We should sue him for <laughs> ruining our credit score. USA used to be a triple A credit rated country. Now it's a double A. And God forbid we go down to a single A, bro. Holy crap. Those international credit agencies are gonna tear us apart. I did see something where it was like. 2 million people will lose their jobs if this that ceiling <laughs> isn't raised it's pretty bad man
0: yeah well, i mean if it's not raised the the government has to decide who are they actually going to pay and who's going to get paid first so there's like there's major uh major issues with the remaining treasury money that we have um on the books you know that's those are those are the decisions that have to be made so uh john steps is obviously zooming out much much further starting with the 69k top going to recent highs at 30k so basically He's saying that there's a uh, downward sloping. It sounds like a, a major wedge that has support at 15k on the low. So basically, it looks like he's calling for potentially 15k in June. Uh, we'd have to zoom way out and uh, max out Payne. things on the daily, which would be max Payne, And uh, would go back to the Bitcoin. Like, where are we in the in the cycle chart? Uh, which would say that we haven't uh, We haven't. Exactly hit the I've completely screwed up. Uh, I guess it would be depression, right? Like my for like all of my 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 retirement savings is gone. I've completely screwed up, and uh, and life is over. So uh, it'll be oh, interesting yeah. to see how this plays out. But I think that the, the debt ceiling piece is is a huge piece of it, uh, and it's pretty amazing to see the S and P holding as strong as it is. Uh, but you know, I think in the next day or so, my call is that we could see you know twenty eight K if we can break through that neckline uh on the daily so
1: mm-hmm. um
0: that's what i got and so let's see how it plays out man it's uh it's been an interesting oh, yeah. month and a tough market
1: it always is isn't it not a not a chill month yet mm, yeah i mean
0: a year of volatility for 2023 i think is definitely uh it's it's already upon us and you know i, I don't know i didn't get a chance to watch yesterday's show uh, unfortunately and obviously i wasn't here uh did you guys it. talk about the biden speech at all
1: uh like barely dude yeah he said like one thing right like yeah. i'm not gonna raise the debt ceiling to like crypto bros make money or something yeah
0: that basically like i'm not gonna bend on what we need to do to in order for for crypto traders to profit and and some you know basically talking about wash trading and crypto
1: mm-hmm. but
0: that was the first time i've ever seen publicly the white house acknowledge crypto in, in like such a negative light and to me that was like man it's gonna be a long I mean, they released that
1: long-ass document I did on the show, like, very briefly. uh, They released a long-ass document talking about how much they hate it pretty much, and it's worthless, and that it should be destroyed. Uh, So I'm not too surprised from, like, the White House. But, like, it's just political messaging. He doesn't really have, like, those convictions or whatever. Like, he's just saying that because it's a conversation that's happening right now and his party is on one side so he's got to like do the lip service you know what i mean
0: yeah but yeah. i mean does I it give either of you larger concern just in general like to me like we're already battling the sec which is probably a, a proxy of what the the white house stance on crypto is uh which is you know it would make sense all the the treatment that we've seen of crypto from the sec from you know kind of all angles um with with the banks that we were using and all that stuff. Like it all mm-hmm. makes sense. It just to me it makes a lot more sense with the clarity from the president's statement uh, of where they stand on crypto. So I don't know. You know, to me it's like you we're fighting a lot of battles and the White House is definitely one of them. And it's it's just became more confirmed for me
2: based on that statement. Yeah, yeah I mean like I, I was, was
1: already convinced. <laughs> Sorry, you go ahead Charles. Yeah.
2: yeah, no I I agree. I think I saw um Sue Blocky tweeted something that I agreed with. Um And he, he basically said that like the US government um, will is trying to stimulate ec- economic growth. like the money that they print or the, the money that they spend, it only combats inflation if if what they spend actually produces economic growth. Um, and crypto doesn't really produce any economic growth, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. like real economic value outside of the traditional so, money so yeah yeah so it's like yeah so i mean yeah in that sense they're they're against crypto because they just um you know anyways but i, I agree that it's kind of just lip service and yeah maybe it's a bit of a bit of a headwind but i think i don't know i, I think most people already assumed that the government wasn't like too favorable on crypto anyways um Anyway, yeah, I just—I
0: I guess but... my, my larger point, Charles, was like that. I—I don't—I don't see a world that we have a really, really, you know, a massive amount of upside in the crypto markets until we get an administration, at least domestically, that's like not so anti-crypto. Like we're going to continue to have the SEC, you know, trying to close every door that they can on crypto. Like you know, a win in the XRP case with the Henneman docs that just got released would be would be huge for the for the space. Um, it just, you know, it just like it just reaffirmed that, um, for me, that this is a tough environment, uh, for what we're up against because, uh, they hate us saying this. Yes. Uh, it's a a tough environment for crypto overall because, like, I know I'm not sure that we've ever had this much focus from any administration on this space uh, Mm -hmm. as we do right now. So, uh, it's, it's, you know, yeah,
1: but it's not the end of the world, man. Like, you know, uh, the administration isn't the entire kit and caboodle, baby. That's the, Beauty of the American system, man. You got the judges <laughs> yeah, out they there. Boodle again. Yeah, you got judges <laughs> out there. You got Congress. You got everybody, you know, pulling in opposite directions. That's why things never get done in the states. But, That's I mean, true. like you got the president saying one thing. You got your our governor of our shared state saying something completely different. You've got about... 50 senators saying completely different things. It's it's all over the place. It's all just theater, man. Politics who gives a shit? Biden didn't go up there and say whatever. How many crazy things did Trump say that actually came true? Like none. <laughs> so like you got I got to see some 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 meat action, some action. Yeah. yeah. And we do see action. We that's that's what I'm getting at. Like uh when he goes up there and says something I'm not so concerned. It's when we see like uh I don't know, the SEC like bringing specific lawsuits to people. And then it's obvious because that they've been pressured by their administration to do so. And we've already seen that like multiple times, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my only thing was like, it was, it just totally reconfirmed what I had, you know, my suspicion of the way that the Biden administration felt about crypto was was just completely confirmed in that in that statement. Like we're already up against the worst inflation in 40 years, you know, the, the prospect of, re- of recession if we're not already in one. And then add that to like I guess what I'm saying is the headwinds are great and it's just a tough time uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in totality with everything that's going on uh, against the space right now. And so, look, the alternative to that is, Bitcoin doesn't care. Like it's not you know that's why it's not a centralized entity. That's why there's no no one single point of control. And, and you can try to do what you'd like as the government, and you know you can't you can't stop what's already happening. So mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you
2: I'll tell you who doesn't care Richard Hart. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I that's, right.
1: that's right. Richard made a great video on this on how to fix disagreements in politics. We should watch <laughs> it on the show sometime. Going down the Richard Hart rabbit hole. Yeah, hey, well, you know, this is also kind of similar to one of our topics, the Ethereum thing, because if you think of yeah. Ethereum governance, it's kind yep. of similar to Congress.
0: Which, so guys, if you're watching this, let us know in the chat. Like, what, what do you think about, uh, you know, the, the U.S.'s stance in crypto and whether it's going to affect Bitcoin negatively over the next 14 to eight to 16 months? I'd be curious of your thoughts. Uh, and so, yeah, so where, where do you guys want to jump? Do you want to go to the Ethereum stuff? Do you want to go to Bond? It's DeFi Tuesday, so let's let's DeFi.
2: Yeah, I'm happy for anything. I think uh, I think the Ethereum, the staking stuff, or the the. Article that Vitalik put out is a good good starting
1: point. Um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. Uh, All right,
0: who wants to take it? I'll let you guys take it. So Vitalik urges caution when it comes to restaking on Ethereum, and it looks like uh, Michael Wooten has already said, "Long live Egan Layer." Hopefully, and so this is this is definitely uh, on point in terms of the comment. But uh, who wants to take what's uh, the context here?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, can, I can uh, give a, go go for Charles. I want to hear oh, your explanation. Okay.
2: Okay, I'll, I was just going to give a bit of a, I'll kick it off and then Corval can maybe fill in the blanks a bit, um, Do it. but yeah, I mean, the whole message behind, behind the article was um, if you're an application or if you are another protocol that is building, um, that is relying on Ethereum consensus, um, relying on, on the consensus to solve problems that maybe you create is is not a good thing and will make the core of ethereum more fragile so like the specific example he gave was um or the one that he went into detail was uh that of a price oracle so where ethereum validators um some model where ethereum validators vote on what the price would be for a given pair and then uh wrong submissions you have to be you know within the actual Um, you have to give the right price and wrong submissions get penalized. Um, now say if a 51% attack come like, um, flourishes due to, um, like what an actor could do is bribe the voters to vote for the wrong price. Um, Mm. and then, you know, somehow coordinate a 51% attack that way without having, having to have, you know, billions or trillions of dollars. Um, if the answer to that problem is oh, okay, well, Ethereum could just fork out the bad actor's money. You could just fork it out, and you know we we reset. If that's the answer, um, then that that is is not something that um, something that Vitalik sees as dangerous. So mm-hmm. the, the the core point was relying on Ethereum consensus to solve problems that they don't really have any anything to do with is um is dangerous.
0: Charles, give me some context here, man. So solve problems. What does that mean? Like like you're talking like if we have like a real world asset and like a house and like someone says it's worth X and someone says it's worth Y or
1: like what like what type of solve problems that we Charles let me take this here. Let me let me school this clay guy real quick here. All right so (laughs) what we're talking about is it the very short and sweet of it is that is that Vitalik Vitalik is saying that the scope of the uh, let me get his exact words here uh the mandate of the core blockchain validator should be kept small the more duties we put on eth consensus reduces the security of eth consensus so like you're saying with the real world assets so he gives us really nice example of say a country splitting and then geopolitically uh international countries say one country is legitimate and the other is illegitimate and they're split along this line and it's about a 50 50 split so if that asset let's say it was let's say it's great britain splits the pound right they got pound a and pound b and some people say pound b is legitimate some people say pound a is legitimate and you have the pound on ethereum right Mm -hmm. and the oracle for the pound is like backed by ethereum's validators now there may come a time where people say, okay, pound A's price is different than pound B's, which is the real pounds price on Ethereum. And if you let people vote on it, it could get split. And then it's violating the, the. you might have to institute a fork into Ethereum to like have both be legitimate. Like a, a, one fork that supports the price of B, one that supports the price of A. Any kind of like like growth in terms of like this kind of mandate of, of what ethereum's responsibility is outside of securing ethereum is specifically puts the system at risk
0: so it, so it like effectively puts stress on the consensus mechanism of ethereum because validators are gonna have to make choices that are probably outside of the scope of what their validators exactly. To be. exactly
1: okay. yeah it's like making Congress decide you know what the price of milk is in like Africa or yeah, whatever I'm sure like, that like it's way outside of their scope um and there's so many more forces like pulling yeah. on them that it would make it hard to reach consensus
0: so here, here's another angle of it that i read in this article that i wanted to run by you guys so restaking has similarities to so-called liquid staking but while liquid staking gives an investor a token representing their staked eth so like if you're staking ethereum you get you know uh what's a what's the staked eth uh st eth uh in return you can go use that but that doesn't mean you take your ETH and put it somewhere else and the, mm-hmm. the problem that I saw here is that they're trying to do this to, you know, to basically secure third party applications, potentially even on other chains. Yeah. So that's, that's rehypothecation. So like you're basically taking the stake teeth you have staked somewhere and then rehypothecating it to be staked somewhere else. That was what I kind of gathered here, uh, which, you know, it, I like show me one,
1: show me one situation rehypothecation has been a good thing. And, and I mean, there's, there's quite a few actually, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, rehypothecation is a pretty standard fucking this cat dude she's clawing up everything so reuploitation is pretty normal for financial instruments what they're talking about specifically here the problem with this isn't the the problem isn't that you could like stake eth multiple places like stake eth and get rewarded for being a validator in multiple places the problem is if you built a project that relies and correct me if I'm wrong here charles relies heavily on you as a validator validating something else that this protocol is doing like uh Vilek's got an example here. So like, I'll just read it for you here. So let's say Dogecoin switches to proof of stake and to decrease the size of its security pool. It allows Ethereum stakers to dual stake and simultaneously join its validator set. So they're just expanding their set of validators by allowing Ethereum stakers to enter as well. Yeah, to but do- like
0: if it, the validator got slashed on another chain, like that's going to cause massive amounts of problems i would assume
1: well that's when it becomes high risk is if that, that becomes yeah. possible if you gotcha. could if you could just slash uh, an eth validator uh because of something on the doge chain right
0: yeah well but that makes could... a lot of sense like that that's that, that's a massive mm-hmm. uh potential problem
1: mm-hmm. yeah so it's pretty good stuff man it's pretty simple it's essentially just don't i got to wrestle with this guy got, got with the with intern doge. behind the scenes
0: telling
2: me what what the issues are I I just, I just realized I was muted for like, I don't know how long, five minutes or something. But um, the other thing with uh, um, expanding the scope of validator Mm -hmm. responsibilities is that it disincentivizes more people to be validators. If they're like, oh, I have to like, you know, I have to be paying attention to these like um, these different like things that I have to vote on and I have to be correct on them. I have to like have all these other responsibilities that I have to maintain or else I'm going to get slashed or get penalized that just disincentivizes more people to to want to be validators also you know so that um could hinder any sort of further decentralization um yeah yeah i think i think another quote that he he said was to preserve the chain's minimal minimalism it's like okay we're gonna focus on eth consensus and that is what we need to focus on or else um yeah it becomes less secure Well, I'll be
0: interested to see how this plays out because Egan Egan Lair has raised uh, $65 million up to this point. Uh, And so clearly they have a lot of plans to move forward with, uh, you know, potentially restaking if this is their direction as a company. Uh, So definitely going to be interesting to see what the impacts are and how does Vitalik, you know, Affect their decision making as they move along, sort of the maturation of the life cycle of their of their growing company. So, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. That's uh, I appreciate the breakdown, guys. That's uh, super helpful. So, Charles, do you want to jump over to? Uh, well, do you want to go Pulse Chain first? Do you want to go uh,
2: Bond Bond Protocol? I don't know, Corval. What do you think? Also, Mikey, I dropped the. If you want to drop the link to the Vitalik article. In the chat. I recommend everybody read it. It's, it's it's well done. Also, I noticed some weird typos in it, which is kind of like um sort of go a bit off track. But I noticed, like, is I don't know, I've never seen typos in his. I thought it was kind of funny. He's
1: losing it, dude. He's slipping he's losing it, he's
2: going crazy.
0: So John Stepp says the worrisome thing is that there's no mechanism to curtail restaking at the moment. And I'm assuming that's probably why Vitalik's putting out these blog posts now to try to get ahead of it and say, look, mm-hmm. these are the issues that we're gonna see if you do this. Uh, so definitely uh, definitely something to
1: keep an eye on well kind of the vibe i was getting maybe i'm just dumb as hell and this isn't impossible but the vibe i was getting is this is kind of vitalik saying like if this comes up we're not going to do a hard fork of ethereum for like your thing like keep that in mind like you're rely, you're you're relying on us to fix the problem that you're you like you've created or that as a result of your thing is not going to be like our problem like we have to assume a zero hard fork stands yeah and that could leave a lot of people in the lurch because a lot of like big projects could use this restaking for that purpose all right what well that's,
0: that's honestly it's a good segue to to one or two one of two things because you, mm-hmm. you talked about hard forks of ethereum and and since you are now okay, a hex yeah stand, you guys
1: want to talk about hard you guys want to talk about polishing you guys are ready <laughs> no i mean talking let's about polishing. do
0: let's do bond first and then let's talk about the money making opportunities it is, on a, it is a hard chain. fork Uh, There are are some crazy APRs over there, but do you trust it is the question. So, uh, but we'll we'll go to bond protocol first. So welcome to DeFi Tuesday. Uh, Charles, um, tell me about bond protocol. Where are they building? What do they do? Why do we care? What's going on? Oh, yeah. As you
2: can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Hey, if you're Thank watching, you. <laughs> just hit the like button, guys. We appreciate it.
0: Charles, go ahead, buddy.
2: Um, yeah, okay. So bond protocol. Um, they offer uh, bonding as a service for other protocols. So um, it allows protocols to generate um, protocol and liquidity in a, in a pretty capital efficient way. Um, so if ever, anybody is familiar with Olympus Pro, everybody knows about Ohm. But Olympus Pro was sort of another product that they offered that Olympus offered. It was basically a marketplace where where protocols could offer bonds on their token, Um, and this is what Bond Protocol is doing with some slight changes that I think make it uh, really really interesting. So I just wanted to preface it by saying um, if you're familiar with Olympus Pro, this will make a lot of sense to you, and don't make the mistake of sort of Thinking about Ohm and the the shitty token economics um, and its inflation because Ohm is not related to Olympus Pro. It's just you know they created both, um, both those things. Yeah. So
0: a lot, a lot of a lot of complications to go down the road, that road. So let's, let's yeah yeah people you know but, yeah. but I hear you um, though because they do seem similar. So go on.
2: Yeah yeah Olympus Pro is a different separate thing and and Bond is doing um, a similar thing. So they're allowing protocols to generate their own protocol and liquidity. And I think protocol and liquidity is um, is one of the best defenses against mercenary liquidity. So it allows some sort of guarantee of some base level of liquidity. Like if, you're, if the price of your token falls and then your rewards go down, um, uh, a bunch of LPs are going to, you know, some level of LPs are going to withdraw from the pools um, and they're going to go elsewhere, um, meaning mercenary liquidity. There's going to be some sort of. Um, Mm -hmm. capital outflow. So if you have a certain level of protocol and liquidity in a pool, you know that there's some sort of base. You're like, Hey, we're always going to have this level of liquidity um, to support, to support trading. And also it's a good uh, revenue source for, for protocols. So like they're, they're getting trading fees on their liquidity um, and and the treasury is, is getting, getting revenue. So um, it's, it's more of a B2B product. um, But, For users, you can get tokens at a discount, um, tokens that you want at at a discount. So here's how it works. Uh, Bond issuers, which are the protocols, partners of of bond protocol, they can, um, there's a marketplace for them and they go, okay, I'm going to offer my token um, at some discount. For a token that I want, for a token that I want in my treasury. So if your GMX, for example, Bond is uh, partnered with GMX, GMX can offer the GMX token, and they say, okay, you can buy GMX at a discount um, for you know die or something. We want die in our treasury. We're going to offer GMX. So I'm going to quickly uh, share my screen. I have a tab. Hell yeah. um, Oh, you're me already, already me, on it. Please. I'm not even okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to just go to markets there? Yeah, so you can see all these different markets. And so on the left-hand side, it says bond. And that is the token that the user is paying for for a bond on on the token that's being offered. Um, So you can see there's Metabolt, Loadstar. So right now you can pay USDC and buy Loadstar at a discount. And that Loadstar will be vested for a certain amount of time, at the end of which you can claim it for the price that you paid, which is currently lower than the market value as given by the, the discount column there. So that's all awesome. That's, it's very similar to Olympus Pro, but what makes bond interesting is how the bonds are offered and, um, and, and what types of bonds you can offer. So how they're offered is through what's what are called sequential Dutch auctions. So a Dutch auction Water, is huh? where <laughs> it's not as complicated as it sounds. A Dutch a Dutch auction is where um, the price starts high and it slowly decreases until people bid. Um okay. that is the opposite of an English auction, which is what everybody knows, where you start at a low price and you, you bid higher and higher, and then the highest bid wins. Um so the reason they're sequential is because they start at a price. Um So the discount will be, you know, it'll be a a negative discount. You'll be paying more than the market value. It'll, it'll decrease. So meaning the, the, the discount will increase, increase, increase until it gets to a level where someone wants to buy it. So say the discount starts at plus 10, um, above, above market value. And then it decreases to, okay, there's a 5% discount on this bond. Mm -hmm. I want to buy this. Someone buys that discount and then it resets. So it's a sequence of Dutch auctions that continuously reset, um, and it's it's kind of like a a game theory um, game for users because they want to they want to get good good discounts they want to they want to bid first to get a good discount but they have an incentive to wait because the discount is is constantly being increased as time goes on. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, that's perfect that you pulled that up so you can see. Like the price of the bond is going down, meaning the discount is 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 increasing at the start. And then at the bottom there, someone buys it mm. and then it resets. And then yeah. decreases, decreases, someone buys it and it resets. So that's how that's how making the a, making a higher low right here. Yeah. It turned around. So, so that's how the bonds are are offered. Now there are two different types of, of bonds. There are fixed term and fixed expiry. Fixed term means that there is uh, every purchase vests for some predetermined length. So if you say there's a, a 21 day fixed term bond, everybody who purchases that bond, no matter when they purchase, purchase it, will have to wait 21 days to eventually get their tokens at the end. Fixed expiry is there's one expiry date and no matter when you buy the bond, um, it will expire at that date so those are the so i think all of the markets all of the bonds being offered on the markets now are all fixed uh fixed term so if you go Mm -hmm. back to markets yeah so you can see yeah seven days if it specifies a um a number of days that's a fixed term term bond so anybody who buys it is gonna have to wait seven days before they get their tokens um now this is cool because um the vesting in Olympus Pro, it's vested linear, linearly, so you get a certain amount of tokens each each day or each second, and you just sort of receive them over time. With Bond, it, uh, it vests fully all at once. So after seven days, you're going to get 100% of your tokens and none before that. Okay. What that allows for is the tokenization of the bonds. So with Olympus Pro, they weren't able to tokenize their bonds. And with Bond, you can... You can have these, um, either ERC 20 or ERC 1155 tokens that are then can be made liquid if someone were to build on top of them. So what they've allowed for is selling bonds for protocols to sell their bonds and then people to buy bonds. And maybe if someone, maybe someone like l- lending protocol, um, allows you to use that bond as collateral, you could borrow against it. So if you have a bond that's expiring in two months, you're like, hey, I have this thing um, and I don't have have access to it, um, then then maybe I could borrow something against it. Um, so it's just it just allows for tokenization of bonds, which is very similar to FNFTs of uh, BZOT. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's Charles, where are the bond protocol is.
0: Where are they building? Why should people care? And uh, and what's the opportunity for the average user? If you, I mean, to me, it's like you can go get market. You, know, you can go get tokens at, at uh, a market discount compared to what they're trading at on the spot market. Is the way that I
2: read into this. But am I missing something? No, that's that's exactly right. And um, for as they build out their partners, like with GMX, for example, GMX is a pretty um so if you want to click on the GMX market there, I think it's the third one down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so well, if you click like on that, anything right now. Yeah, so if you click if you click on that, yeah, okay. So you can see um how the bond prices changed over time with the sequential Dutch auction. At the lowest point there, I think it was like a almost a three percent discount on GMX, and the bond yeah. is only a five-day a five-day maturity. So that's yep. a pretty like if I had been active at this time, I'd mean, probably
0: 20% discount. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was a negative discount.
2: That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, so GMX is mind. a pretty GMX is a pretty sought after um sought sought after um, token. So at a at a two and a half or three percent discount on GMX with a five day uh five day expiry, like that's a I don't know, that's a really good deal. And yep. then, if somehow there was like someone created a market for trading these bonds, a secondary market, it could it could lead to some pretty interesting, interesting dynamics. So yeah, I just think um, th- there's a couple different solutions to mercenary liquidity. I mean, like the reliquary contract by the Byte Masons, where mm-hmm. maturity gets you more rewards. Um, or you know, I think there's yeah, anyways, some, some other solutions being done. I think this is an interesting interesting one. I like Olympus Pro. Um, I like the Olympus Pro model, and they've allowed to tokenize the bonds that you're that you're buying. So yeah, that's uh, that's essentially it. Um, okay. What they are launching on Optimism soon, so that is something to look out for. Um, and I'm sure they'll be um, announcing a bunch of partners on Optimism. Um, so if you're an mm-hmm. Optimism user, that um, that'll be cool. Um, Have you talked on no? I have not, but thank you for asking because I will be talking to them tomorrow on the Big Red podcast. So check that out if you if you want to learn more from the team, check it out. I mean that's
0: that's a question I would ask them right there. Join late. Why are we talking about home? Like like I want to understand. I mean, obviously it's the type of auctions, the, the potential you know, opportunity for a secondary marketplace to create a true liquid bond marketplace in crypto, which, you know, sort of exists or mm-hmm. sort of doesn't, uh, at least on a user level, um, in terms of secondary marketplaces, it doesn't really exist. So it's, uh, I mentioned, like, if that is their sort of, like, that's the golden goose of what they're chasing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not OM with extra steps. It's, it's Olympus Pro with, um, more features that allow you to tokenize bonds and the Dutch auction is also a really cool way of going about pricing the bonds mm-hmm. Um, and like the markets that are that are allowed for protocols to to make they have like they have all the flexibility in terms of what kind of um, bonds they want to offer they could offer fixed price bonds they they can offer any maturity they want they can you know they can create a a market for Um, that, that fits their needs. And like, that is, I I think that's the core value prop behind bond is, um, they're trying to allow protocols to basically just tailor their liquidity needs to, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So these bonds, I'm thinking of bonds primarily as like, um, a fundraising tool for a a company, right? Like that's the main reason to have a bond. But this is specifically for treasury diversification. Like I want to yeah. get my token out and replace yeah, it with something. Maybe protocol on the
0: liquidity. You're, tra- you're basically trading your token at a discount for some type of stable where you can grow your mm-hmm. treasury as a protocol.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. And I mean, like the... So do I pay out? So like where is bond protocol like holding these until the bond expiry? Or is it like a debt note? Like I have to pay once it's up. Like, um, is there risk for a protocol to become insolvent before? I mean, I guess not because they just print more. <laughs> like,
2: you No, know, I, I believe how it works is the bond has a contract. The mm-hmm. protocol commits a certain amount of their tokens. They will they oh, the will contract. predefine the size of the market before they make it. So they go, okay, we're going to commit mm-hmm. X amount of our tokens. Um, and then they commit that to the contract. And then the users come in and they commit their tokens to the contract. Um and then once the expiry date is up, um the user gets gets the tokens that, that the protocol committed.
0: All right. Well, if you find out anything new tomorrow on this big red podcast, what time is that? Two o'clock? Uh it'll be at
2: it's actually at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. eastern time. Okay. So we've got a 10 a.m. 10
0: a.m. Twitter spaces that I'm leading with ZK Lend on Starknet. And eleven a.m. is it, yeah, it's a it's a podcast live streamed on YouTube with Charles and bond protocol at uh, 11 a.m. And then we got the daily show live at noon. So you can oh, get
2: all of your block bites,
0: oh uh filled in a, in, what a, a, what a in a three hour gap uh,
2: and make um, work better. Fish Joe. Thank you. Um, yep. Tokens immediately transferred into the treasury from the bonders and the tokenized bond position is transferred immediately to the bonder from the treasury. Um, redeemed at expiry, no custody. Um, so thank you for that clarification. Fish Joe, shout out.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And shout out to Shaman who says he's here pretty much every day, but not always live. We appreciate it, bro. Um, so interesting stuff, Charles. Let's, uh, I'll be interested to hear kind of what, you know, additional things that you pick up in terms of differentiators. Why should the average user care? What's the best way to take advantage of the situation? And do they have a token? Cause I don't know if they do or not at this point. Uh, they're building on Arbitrum. No, it doesn't sound like it um so will they that'll be a interesting question also to dive into i'm sure you'll go into all that and more uh we're at the 43 minute mark guys if you're watching this hit the like button we appreciate it uh let's get those numbers up and uh and keep growing the the channel corval i think it's time my friend we talked about working ethereum and uh there's a nutty man who's running pulse chain um and they have forked Ethereum. And that was, you know, and, and it created a lot of controversy because it wasn't just a fork of Ethereum. It was literally a copy in the entire state of Ethereum. So if you hold USDC on Ethereum or you hold LINK on Ethereum, you're going to get PLINK and PUSDC. Uh, it's delegated proof of stake. They changed the block sign down to three seconds, basically to be, make it faster. Uh, and there's a lot of centralization, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. But let's talk about Pulse chain. I see that you've become a hex skin. I see the background. I see your Lambo. Take it away well
2: see as you can see the more you fuck around the more you're gonna find out
1: so i mean you pretty much said it all dude uh it's a <laughs> it's a state copy of ethereum so yeah it's well, got break everything down all yeah. the addresses all the balances all the tokens that exist on ethereum also exist on pulse chain um so it runs kind of like uh on like yeah like bsc it's kind of like a BSC's type of approval system that they set up for their validators it's um i think you said it it's i'm gonna check my notes here uh proof of staked authority uh, i'm not gonna get too much into any of that because what people really want to know is they want to know like what can i do on pulse chain because it is the number eight uh DeFi chain on yep. DeFi llama right now and 502 you know, million tbl yeah, if you go to, uh, do you have PulseX pulled up? Yeah, go to, go to your next tab there, PulseX. All
0: right.
1: I mean, there's, there are hella
0: good farming rewards if you can well, get yeah, over These there. are
1: insane APRs right now. Just absolutely freaking bonkers APRs for something that is also so massive. And, you know, this is like a great like example of just like the power of the horde, baby. Like this is just a massive. There's nothing really in my research. One, there's no white paper for Pulse Chain. You can't like read out like exactly what they're planning to do. There's a goals page um, that still references being like proof of stake as opposed to proof of work being their big improvement. Um, this is a little outdated because Ethereum's already been proof of stake as we know, but it's. It's all about Richard Hart, baby. It's all about the people that got the faith in him. It's all about the hexagons, all about the pulse, all about the belief. Because this whole thing got flooded. The bridge was shut down for a little while. It got so congested. It's got a massive, massive community really driving this up so hard and so high. Um, It's gate kept. I'm not quite sure what he means by that, but I will get into the burn. So basically, what you could do before this was launched is you could burn assets on uh pls burn let me show you here
0: P-O, I'm in.
1: yeah baby so check this out so you could come here to pls burn you could burn some of your assets that existed on ethereum for a higher proportion of them in pl the pl version the pl token the earlier you did it the more you did the more you got so you could burn like uh you know Hex or whatever you could burn ease. I think
0: I did this. I'm gonna go look at it right yeah, now. Yeah, you might be
1: rich now. Yeah, there's really not much to Pulse Chain at the moment. When you go on DeFi Llama, they have the one pro- project, but if you go to Pulse Chains, uh way, I got it here. I thought I did. There's a dashboard where you can find like all of the here we go. Share this tab instead. Pulse Chain projects and products. They got 162. Most of them are just still in development or promised. Uh, There's a couple that are usable, but it's not really a groundbreaking ecosystem. Not a lot of like brand new things. A lot of these things are kind of just like forks of existing things on another chain. It's kind of just like another L1. This is the impression I'm getting from it's another L1 but with a lot. Yes, that's right. Crypto being having goals is way better than having a white paper. (laughs) (laughs) Having hopes and dreams is much better than having a white paper. Uh, yeah it's mostly like the personality called of richard hart uh just driving a chain this is like a one big richard hart cult community and it's okay. so far long term yeah. not bullish uh i think richard hart controls most of the validators that's uh, what i was gonna
2: i was gonna ask about because like the sacrifice thing yeah um like it, it was it, it, you know it, it, some people were sacrificing tokens whatever and then richard hart came at the end and sacrificed like I don't know a, a billion dollars or something. He just yeah, sacrificed so much hex, mm-hmm. um, and now he obviously receives the the PLS
1: ninety um, for what he and that. he
2: now he owns ninety percent of it. I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. That's kind of ridiculous. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is how many how many developers are actually building on the on the chain? Because like they have so it looks like they have you know they have hundreds of projects. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that there's they've got, you know, hundreds of developers who are wanting to come and work on this um, so bad. I mean, you know, how many developers are, do they have and how experienced are they just, these developers? Like, I feel like, you know,
1: so a lot from, of them are
2: probably just not Web3 developers.
1: Yeah. From what I was hearing, it was kind of hard to get Web3 developers interested in building on Hex or not on Hex, on Pulse, my bad. On Pulse, but... um. They Richard Hart said we'll get regular developers and we'll train them up to be web3 developers. So I think what we're seeing is just like, yeah, like a lot of forks, a lot of goofy stuff over here. But hey, I'm not one to knock it. A lot of people are going to make a lot of money off of this. Those are some insane APRs. Um, I'm not really FOMOing it, I don't really, I'm not really like too, too, too burned. Uh, on like missing out on the opportunity to get a bunch of pulse tokens, but uh, it's a great day to be a hexagon, I'll say that. If
0: you burn- so, Cor- Corval, back to the pulse burn thing. So, I, I was like halfway looking at this computer and, and listening. So, like, mm-hmm. what was the deal with that? If you go to pulse burn, like, what's what plsburn.com? What, what was the situation there?
1: Yeah, if you went to plsburn.com before pulse chain launched, you could have burned some assets, right? You could have burned some ETH, you could have burned some. Got it. Uh, hex, and you would have gotten a greater amount of that asset on the pulse chain. So keep this in mind. Whatever you have in your wallet on Ethereum, when they launched Pulse Chain, you have that in your wallet on Pulse, like a Pulse version of it. Right. So let's say you had USDC, ETH, uh, I don't know, whatever else, a board ape, even NFTs. And then when they launched Pulse Chain, you have that same exact thing, it's just on the pulse chain. It's just a pulse version of it, so which
2: theoretically, that they shouldn't have any value. Yeah, because it's not like you will, can say yeah. take PUSD and redeem it at Circle, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, if those have any value, I'm I would be shocked um, because if, other than you know, obviously pulse, which you need to pay for transactions, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, Charles. It's like if you're, it's a confidence game. <laughs> it's a very confidence <laughs> game. Because you can redeem, like, if the bridges are active and they're LP pairs, liquidity pairs, like you see here, then you can convert it back into, say, a useful asset. The whole gambit with Pulse Chain is that people are going to build things on here that are going to generate value um, somehow. Like, I, I, I really don't quite get how they're going to have, like, a Pulse USDT that is going to work like a PUSDT. I don't, I don't think that's possible. Like Tether is never going to redeem pulse USDT because you've just doubled the amount of Ethereum USDT. They wouldn't have any feeling of obligation to redeem it. Um, You would just need, you would be dependent entirely on the liquidity of the LP pair to get you off of the chain. Someone else putting wanting for some reason, USDT, the PUSDT on pulse. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, that's they right. got to be black diamond backing them up, so <laughs> yeah.
2: So I just yeah, went to true. I just
1: went to Pulse Chain's uh, sc- scanned up
0: PulseChain.com, put in a couple wallet addresses, but I had an internal server error, so I couldn't pull up and even <laughs> see what my wallets are holding. So obviously, uh quite a bit quite a bit of bugs and kinks to work out. I mm-hmm. will say, like, dude, the bot, like, look, no idea what's going to happen down the future or in the future of this thing, but if the bridges are open and you can get twelve hundred percent, you know. APRs on USDC. I mean, it's like do you want to take the smart contract risk? Do you want to take the bridge risk? And are you willing to like take all of the verified risks of this thing and go over and get 1200% APRs and then probably just sell whatever tokens you get and come back to wherever you'd like to go after that? Like I don't know what else you would do here, but to me it's like there there is money to be made. Dude, those those APRs are nuts. There's 500 million dollars mm-hmm. on the chain. Like if you if you I I actually have PLS tokens in like six wallets and maybe that's from the copying and then like I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I don't. know. I don't remember what I did back in the day. I actually do think I burned something. Uh, I've got to look into this further because it's been a while. I've forgotten. But like, you know, my point is, if you can get over here, there's like serious like APRs to to take advantage of if that's like within your comfort level mm-hmm. uh, in terms of risk. But like, dude, you could make money on this thing, no doubt.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me let me signal boost this comment here. I did put out a tweet with an open invite to sir richard to come to block bites if you guys retweet it maybe he'll see it maybe he'll feel the heat he'll come on and he'll come talk to us i don't i just want to get to know him a little bit he's an interesting guy um I'm a big fan of his videos uh but yeah there is opportunity here for sure um i just hope uh people kind of understand what they're buying into um is really it it's a very interesting thing I just don't think it's like necessarily I was already feeling like kind of like there's too many L1s, bro. There's too many all L1s. There's too many L2s. I don't know what's really distinguishing them anymore. And this just felt like another one um, that's kind of like late to the party. Also, it kind of feels really late to the party. But hey, it's number eight so it's doing something right
0: when, when you got those incentives bro 1200 percent aprs and usdc pairs so when you've got a stable pair that's got a 1200 percent apr like there's going to be money that flocks there, mercenary liquidity exactly what uh charles was talking about earlier with bond um but mm-hmm. if it's within your risk appetite and you're willing to like take the chance maybe with some low percentage you know volume of your bag then you could go mm-hmm. over there and make a bunch of money take the pls sell it ad- like outside of pulse swap i'm not really sure where you know it's it sounds like it maybe just got listed somewhere Uh, i thought somebody said that in the comments here
1: um but yeah i mean
0: you know it's
1: i could see a future here like mr got plenty has said pulse chain is about the community hex is about the community i could see a future here where we have a nation state of hexakens and pulseakens and it's maybe somewhere in like nicaragua somewhere around there in the jungle and they're doing great dude they've got their self-sufficient economy and richard hart is the god prophet leading them to the future <laughs> this is what i'm uh, uh, i'm not saying it's po- it's gonna happen but it's possible
2: it's definitely possible yeah, anything's man. possible with the community anything's possible with the community of dgens you can achieve anything. Oh yeah! Like buying a four billion dollar diamond. It's,
1: it's kind of like this dude has like a Frog Nation behind him. That's sort of what I is the vibe that it gives me. Richard Hart makes Frog Nation look like a bunch of chumps, dude. <laughs> Get out of here.
0: uh Reminds me of the Chappelle Hexaco, Show.
1: That's right, baby. <laughs>
0: um, Wayne Wayne Brady makes Dave Chappelle look like Malcolm X uh <laughs> in the lost episodes of the Chappelle Show. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, you know, but look, dude, like I. No idea whether it will work long term. I think there's, dude, there's so many obstacles. Like the Ethereum Foundation has so many legit developers, and even they struggle to like continue to you know push things out within the roadmap timeframe they set. You know, I don't know how this is going to compare, but um, in the you know in this crazy world that we live in, there's short term opportunities to make cash, and I think that any time that you're seeing APRs like this, there you know that that's an opportunity for a US a USDC from Ethereum, wrap Pulse, PLS hair um you know it's definitely mm-hmm. an opportunity and i'm assuming you get paid in pls and you can sell it and go back to where you came from if that's your plan uh and so those are huge aprs dude and i would love i would love to get him on the show to talk about uh, the vision of this thing and where it's going i think it'd be mm-hmm. a lot of fun uh, i would have to up my drip so i can keep up with this but um you know it can't be nike on nike it's got to be something cooler than that so
1: versace on versace baby <laughs> that's right
0: that's right uh all right gentlemen well anything else to add on the pulse chain front i mean look like you know you can't you can't argue with the aprs they won't last Mm -hmm. forever but um you know it's like the tokenomics i couldn't really like get a a full handle on that either so a lot of unanswered questions for me
1: yeah i think i mean from what i was seeing i don't think pulse can really even pump it's kind of like there's a lot of it out there there's a whole lot of it out there already. And
2: yeah, and there's a and a whole lot of it in uh in control
1: of in incentives. Hardy. Yeah, in, yeah I,
2: you know that that I
1: just can't get past that. It's like But if he's just, a benevolent leader, I mean if you, that's the thing. It, maybe that's you can maybe the it's, usher it's a, them into yeah, the Golden Land.
2: It's that's that's the whole thing. It's a chain of trust. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. um I'm going to, you know. Anyone who's bullish on this is basically just going. All right, Richard Hart has my best interest in mind, and he's going to do what's best for me. He's not going to dump his tokens, and you know he's you know, mm-hmm. it's it's you know, yeah. It, it isn't really. It, it, I don't know where the D in DeFi is here. Um, we're doing we're doing DeFi Tuesday a disservice the because there's no D in this. <laughs> well, hey <laughs> Sorry, man, on oh, you can you know
1: you can make your own pool.
2: Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that's true. It's true. Um,
1: so watch your mouth. Watch you your mouth when to... you're <laughs> going for the heart, baby. I'm
2: just kidding. I'm just kidding. This has been awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just a very, it's a big, it's just a whole lot of trust placed in this one dude. And uh, I don't know. There have been a lot of like messianic figures in DeFi um, that haven't really worked out. Um, so well, and yep. this seems to be the most blatant example of that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, we'll see. I, I, I wish all the Pulsians pol- and hexi- Hexacons the best of luck. <laughs> Hexicons. I'm not, I'm not sure yes, there
1: hexacons. is no there
0: is no amount of circulating supply or total supply listed on CoinGecko. Um, so certainly be careful, uh, whatever you do. But if you want to if you want to take advantage of twelve hundred percent APRs on stablecoin pairs, that's some. It's definitely a place you can do it. And to the tune of $500 million, it seems like people are doing it. Um, And so, you know, I I don't, I wouldn't, I'm I'm not going to be the one to say bright future for Pulse Chain because there's just so much that, like, so much that doesn't make sense to me in the scenario. But I would love to have Richard Hart on the show and hear from him why it's such a bright future of Pulse Chain. So I think we should retweet that tweet from the main account that Corwall put out. Uh, and then we can have the Blockbaitians, whatever they're called, uh, retweet it as well, and see if we can get Richard on this show because that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but gentlemen, I think we're at the hour mark. It's probably time that we wrap Defi Tuesday up. I don't know if you guys have my Defi Tuesday video. If you do, click it because I didn't. I didn't have anything to to cover today. So
2: see, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're gonna find out.
0: There you have it. The more, you, the more you F around, the more you're going to find out. Uh, listen, we appreciate you guys tuning in every single day. You are the reason that we do this. This makes it fun. Corval, you look like you had something to say. Hit me.
1: Oh, uh, no. Just, uh, yeah. Any pulsikins out there, educate me, dude. Shoot me a tweet. Let me know what the deal is. Tell me how to make some money on this thing, baby.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that pulse whatever it was pulse swap is uh, a pretty good way pulse x excuse me a pretty good way to do it uh but there's probably lots of other things that we didn't cover so if there is that then then comment on the video what you like about pulse chain uh why you are going to get a lambo from owning it and uh i think with that we are we are good to wrap up coreball again you were like
1: uh ah. Oh no, that was a good point. Yeah, hit ah. me up on Discord. Hit us up on Discord. Get in the Discord, man. Get in Tell us the Discord. What's up in there.
0: Bites, you <laughs> Mikey lock
2: with bite, the outro. The playing, bite, us the like, yeah. playing us off. Playing us off. Thanks for man, coming, everyone. That was fun. Lock Here's lock like and subscribe. Like
1: and subscribe. Lock lock hit the like button. Subscribe to the video. We appreciate the it. And with that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Mikey.